Welcome to School Improvement, Episode 21. Today we're going to talk about special education. Now we're certainly not going to come to a conclusion or cover everything we can about special ed. I just want to give some general perceptions about current special ed standings, how it got started, and what are the things that we should or should not do in regards to special education. Special education began in 1975 in public schools in America. In 1990, we put in ADA things and put in words like least restrictive environment. Special education is a federally mandated program that is run by each state individually. States have control over a lot of how the dollars are moved around and how they're spent, but states also control some other things. For example, what age does a student no longer receive services? Some states are 25 years old, some are 22, some are 21. It differs state to state. Special education has 13 different categories of students that can fall within there. And a student can qualify for special education in more than just one area. They could be in for one area of learning disability, but also have others as well. And they range dramatically. Some special education issues are very obvious and simple to put students into. However, some of the other ones, otherwise health impaired type scenarios, are very difficult. One of the major issues we face today is that when students get into special education, a lot of times it's about medication. We're not going to anesthetize kids into being good students. We have to figure out a program and a system to help them. That doesn't mean that some students don't benefit by medication but clearly not the numbers we have taking medication. Medication is not the solution. In fact, often can be problematic and really troublesome for the kid and the parents. In most states, they have four different levels of special ed. For example, Minnesota uses level one to four. California uses names of classrooms to dictate the level of service. But essentially, level one is you get help from a special education teacher because you qualify for services based on one of those 13 disability categories. Level two means you get a significant more help. Usually speaking, a student at level one has resource time in the high school available to them. Level two students have time where they actually go and take their English class in the special education room. Level three are usually programs that are much more restrictive and the student spends multiple periods in there. For example, they may spend all of their core subject time in special education and just take electives. Level four are usually programs that are either very restrictive where it's an entire student day, often they have to leave your campus to go to those. And there's documentation on how to move back and forth. 
it is very problematic for districts. That jump from level two to three is very difficult and very expensive. We could go into a huge conversation about is it nurture or is it nature? Or is it both? But clearly the numbers are growing in special education. First, some facts for you. 75% of the educators in special education are female. The average is about 19% of students in certain states become special ed. The national average is 15%. Texas has the lowest with a 9% of the population being special ed. Now, how that's figured out could be very different. But special education over my career has certainly changed dramatically. Special education, when I first began, was for students who were clearly had special learning needs that were not going to be met in the traditional classroom. It's one of the things that separates American education from the other states, and or excuse me, not states, other countries. When they talk about American education, in places like Japan and other areas that we get compared to, those students do not attend public school and do not have special education services. In the United States, every child gets an opportunity to attend public schools in the same fashion. That is unique to the United States and is one of the things that really separates us from other countries. One of the debates in special education has always been, do I push out, in other words, have the student go to somebody outside of the classroom, or do I push in with a teacher? In other words, put six students in the room who all need help in language arts and bring a second adult into the room. I will tell you that that co-teaching model only works when the two adults work well together. Co-teaching is usually either phenomenal or awful. In most cases, it is very difficult to get the regular ed teacher to accept the special education teacher as a level playing field in, in regards to instruction. Pretty simple. There aren't many special education teachers who are biology science majors and able to get up in front of the biology room and teach the content, or calculus majors. And so regular ed teachers struggle with having special education teachers on the same par with them. Putting a special education teacher in a room to just work with three to four kids who all qualify for services essentially makes them a really high-paid paraprofessional. The teacher put in a room doesn't like it at all and would prefer not to do that. When co-teaching works, both teachers are up in front of the room working with students, answering questions, and doing instructing. Co-teaching can be a magical, wonderful thing, putting two quality adults in a room, but really it's up to the two teachers to make it work. More importantly, most of the onus goes on the regular ed teacher to accept that help and have their colleague be a co-teacher with them. One of the frustrating things 
in the administrative world is dealing with 504s and special education, there is a mentality that 504s can be used for a lot of things that special ed would normally do. That is not the case. A 504 should be attached to a handicapping condition that requires the service. In other words, if I can't hear well, the 504 accommodation is to be placed up in the front of the room or wear a hearing aid or get notes from the teacher. It is not a rationale to be in special education. I've looked at a ton of 504 documents that are more restrictive than special education IEPs. That really needs to be fixed. 504 have very specific guidelines where any adaptations are done based on a disability that this will help. It is the precursor to a special education document. In previous episodes, you've heard me talk about wouldn't it be nice to have a world where special education students, we use that mentality with our regular ed students. Wouldn't it be great for every regular ed student to have an annual IEP for the people who work with them and can help them? We guide their courses. We have transition meetings when they move from building to building or leave high school. Special education is way ahead of regular ed in regards to servicing the individual child and how we could help students transition from building to building, from leaving to, to post-secondary life. There are a lot of good things that are done in special education, and it would be really nice to do some of those in regular ed. In regards to special education students and grading, it makes the most sense for me that if a student has a curriculum that has been manipulated 20% or more of it has been taken out because of their ability, the teacher should really use a strategy of credit, no credit, instead of a grade. Remember, students don't need grades to graduate. They need credits. I think it behooves the teacher to use credit, no credit, in cases where the student is in a class of regular ed students and they're not able to function at the same level. It doesn't work really well for me for the student who tries really hard but gets a D minus. They weren't lucky enough to be in special ed and the special ed student did the same amount of work and they get a B. That just doesn't work for me. I think when you manipulate 20% or more of the curriculum, the teacher has an onus to protect the integrity of their grades and use credit, no credit, and set it up with the parent or set it up with um, the teacher and the student prior to the end of the marking period. But credit, no credit really makes sense when you have to make a lot of changes to the normal expectations for a student. Although a lot of folks don't know this, colleges also, public colleges, by the way, have special education services for students. Now, what they do is far less than what we do in regular ed, and those services generally all are 
about adaptive things they can do to help a child with disabilities and the amount of work they do and the help they get during that work. It is far less intrusive than what regular K-12 special ed is. College special ed tends to be lower level classes, supportive help, helping them write papers or adaptive things they can do based on a student's disability. I wanted to do an episode to at least introduce special education from my perspective because it is such a huge part of our budget, our experience, and how our district is viewed. Generally speaking, we're attaching free and reduced lunch to how many students are in special education, which generally should never happen. Mom and dad's income have nothing to do with their ability to learn. It's very important for us to distinguish how to deal with special education students. I really think that at the secondary level, there are things you can do with a student when they're in secondary level besides test them and put them in special education. Special ed is not the repair shop. We are not sticking kids in special education. As Al Gore would say, put a new muffler on them and put them back into the information highway. They're not getting back on the information highway. They tend to go into special education and never get out. I would ask you to think about your district and ask the question, how many students get exited from special ed every year? I'm pretty sure you're going to be stunned at the number, how low it is. So it is not the repair shop. We don't put them in there to fix things. One of the great Simpson episodes is when they put Bart in special education, and Bart's line is, let me get this straight. You're going to slow it down to catch me back up. Wonderful line. And obviously, that's part of the issue. So we need to be very careful about who goes into special ed, why are they there, what are the services we're providing, what is the potential outcome. There are other ways to service kids who have learning needs, such as guided academics, extended study, opening up credit versus no credit, There are a lot of ways to deal with students who struggle at high school. I would really question a student being in eighth grade or beyond, and now we're going to test them for special ed. By the time they make it through to eighth grade, special ed either has helped them or has not helped them, but it is certainly not the time to test them to see if they should get services. Although I could spend an entire episode just talking about nature versus nurture, why are students in special education, and also to talk about the advent of the explosion of the number of students who are in the autism program. Those are things as educators we really need to look at, and there needs to be a lot of research on autism and how it happens, what can we do about it, are there possible trainings. I have to believe that anything we find out from research is going to tell us young, early intervention, even prior to kindergarten, is going to be really critical with autistic kids. 
and figuring out what that is, who can provide the service, is going to be really critical to stop that number. But why is it happening is a question I've never heard anybody find an answer or even a possible solution to. So that's one of the struggles in special education. It is a field that is growing. It's a field that's hard to find people who want to go into it. And it is one of those teaching areas that is incredibly regulated based on the teacher's license. What rooms they can be in, what levels they can teach, what grade levels they can teach. It's going to be increasingly harder during this teacher shortage that we're going through to find people to provide that service, not based on skill, but based on their ability to get certifications. I think it's a real strong problem that we're going to have to face with our licensing agencies in every state is how to expand our window to use people to help us in special educational critical needs areas. My final thought with special education is about the model used to determine if a child qualifies. The response to intervention or RTI model where you have a set of things that you do with a student to determine whether they need special education is by far the preferable model. Have they gone through all your interventions, everything you can do in regular ed before you make the decision to test for special education and use special education? It's my opinion that the longer they stay in regular ed, the more options we ought to try and explore because the data is so poor on the number of kids who get into special ed who ever get out. The idea of using a discrepancy model where a student is X number of standard deviations behind the norm puts them into the program seems to me to be an archaic way to look at special ed services. I hope that we transition into a real RTI model. It seemed to be a push a few years ago, and it seems to have leveled off, I'm guessing because of the difficulty in doing RTI as opposed to discrepancy. But discrepancy is not really the issue. Once you hit that discrepancy, now you're at a point where you're struggling to catch them back up instead of intervening to see if you can make progress. So special education is one of those giant topics in education. I appreciate you listening to this episode on special education. I'm sure if you're like me and most folks, I maybe left you with more questions than answers, but I do want you to know that is a giant problem with staffing, room placement, and budget. And so we really need to get a handle on special education, and state to state can vary greatly. So I hope this was helpful. I will probably cherry pick some of these big topics in special ed for further episodes, but I wanted to do an overview on special education. So you kind of knew where I was coming from. As usual, I thank you for listening. I hope you get good things out of this. Share it with your friends. I would be glad to answer any questions if you have them. 
And I am Mark Westerberg, and if you go to trimesters.org, you will see my information and contact stuff. But thank you for listening, and I hope that you get things out of this. Thank you.